0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Revelation Wellness Podcast. Again, happy, happy new year. I'm excited to bring to you today's podcast. It is an interview with Crystal Evans Hurst. Do you guys, do you know her? I hope you do. You're going to want to even more after today's interview. She is a lover of God's word, a teacher, a speaker, and a author of the book, she's still there. <clears throat> and her and I actually share book birthdays together. The day that the Wellness Revelation came out, her book came out, and I saw it in the bookstore. And I had been um, following Crystal for a while, and I thought I am going to get that book. So I have read this book, you guys. And when I read it, I just knew I have to have her on the show because today's podcast interview with her it is for anyone who might be tempted to think that God can't use them or that they're just too far gone or you know, you just think it's just never gonna happen. This is definitely in line with the persevering and keep going. She talks about a concept in the book called drift and I have talked about this to my daughter, uh, my son. I kind of wish someone had talked to me about it (laughs) early on in my life. Um, But we, we talk about this concept of drift how she's, what personal battle or drift she's facing right now. And, hey, guess what? Spoiler alert. It has much to do with her own personal battle and struggle and weight loss. And I know this time of year that's a, that's a common, we'll talk about that more more common and it's more accepted than maybe other times. By March or February, March or April, the world thinks, hey, you should have that nailed by now, right? While well, she'll continue to share her, her story with you. And also, there's a moment, you guys, that it was just epiphany that she talks about how to goal set and keep your freedom. I learned from her because I tend to find goals quite restricting sometimes. I can lose my freedom in a goal. But she preached to us about... How goals are important, how they matter, but how to keep our freedom with them. So this podcast is going to bless you this time of year. Um, Just a little um, grace my way, you guys. Sometimes when I interview people, I get so excited. My heart wants to beat out of my chest because what they're saying is just so true and edifying and building up what I think God's already speaking to my inmost place of courage and bravery, and so. Uh, the edit, the sound of me like high-fiving Crystal over the phone over and over. That's just me being me. Don't worry. I'm going to get better at it in 2018. I just get so excited. I feel like I need a bell or a cowbell <laughs> to just like, oh, uh, it's so good when we find, yes, that's 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 right. That's what my spirit is standing up for. So little grace there. It's fun. You get the real-time, real-time, real me here and um i hope you have fun with it hey just a reminder if you're anywhere in near san dimas california i will be there this weekend for a live rev on the road event it's two days come if you can only come to one day whatever you can do but this is wellness holistic this is the whole party this is the whole thing that you need um Bible study, we'll move our bodies together, we will worship together, and we'll get after some of the things that keep us stuck or drifting, like we're going to talk about today. So if you're anywhere near, come, go to revelationwells.org and hit the events tab and look at Rev on the Road. There's still time to register for that. Also, in the new year, I've had requests of people that were interested to have me come speak. I, and I do do that if my schedule will permit it or allow it to your church community, your uh, retreat, whatever you might be having, and corporate environment as well. And you can find out more about my schedule and speaking, uh, where I'm going over at com, and also request if you would like Uh, If you would like that, we're kind of getting some requests coming in all other places. And so I want to try and just drive the the traffic for if you want to connect with me personally, have me come do something, uh, you feel this message is resonating with you, then uh, check out alisakeaton.com. Everything about the ministry is over at revelationwellness.org where we're using fitness as a tool to spread the gospel message. Finally, instructor training, you guys. It's coming up. If you are even thinking about it, don't wait any longer. It's going to be here before you know it. Uh, It starts in mid-February. It's the perfect time now. Do your interview call. Download a packet at the website, revelationwells.org, Become an instructor. Uh, Get all the information. Get ready. You've been thinking about it way too long. If it's time, it's time. And if you're like, Elisa, I don't have the money, the resources, don't worry. We're praying, and God knows the perfect time. But don't let fear keep you from the full life that God has planned for you. All right. You guys enjoyed today's podcast. Thanks for leaving a review. Um, you guys, the reviews this time of year really help people find this. Um, it Today, uh, this is from Morgan Mal. She says, The truth spoken over me in these sermon workouts have changed my life. Protect the Lisa Lord as she speaks to follow the ministry you've started. Thank you, Father, for changing my life and giving us the ability to glorify you in the physical, break chains and struggles, Lord. We trust the work you're doing here. Morgan, thank you. Thank you for leaving that review. You guys, leave the reviews. It helps people find it. It literally is like um, the podcast world is getting a little surprised when they're looking, especially this time of year for some teaching information on how to get their goal that they're hoping for. So Morgan, please email info at revelationwellness.org. If I read your review on the air, we have a little care package of thank you uh, that we'd love to send to you. So thanks, you guys. Go leave a review all this month. We're going to be looking for people that we can share the good word with that, how these podcasts are blessing you. All right, you guys, enjoy this interview with Crystal. By the way, you can get her book at Target right now. So go to Target. How easy is that? Target, Barnes & Noble, all the show The show notes will have the link to get her book to connect further with her. So um, I think it's going to be a great time. Have fun, you guys. Peace. It is always my joy to get to... Relationally connect with people because you know this whole message of wholeness is about relationship, relationship to God, to yourself in a whole way, and with others. And today I get the joy and privilege of introducing you to uh, Crystal Evanhurst. Evanshurst. Evanshurst. I wanted to make it one word. I'm so sorry. People get my name not wrong all the time. So, <laughs> oh, Crystal, so I'm so glad you're here. Um, I've been listening to your podcast for quite a while. Did you know that our books came out, we have book
1: birthday, we share, our books came out on the same day. I think I did know that actually, now that you say that, I do think I realized that. That was fun. And now this
0: is, is this your first book? This is like your second book or third or what is it?
1: It's my one and a half book because I did half of the book with my dad for Kingdom Woman. Yeah. This was my first whole book by myself. It was different. I would do it by myself too. Yeah. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, we, we, we should talk about that. I'd love to hear how your first, maybe we'll do that off show, but you know, it's that, <laughs> that daunting yet exciting task. But the day I went to see my book in the bookstore, you know, that's always a, a, a wow yes. moment. Yes. And your book was right next to mine. And I had been listening to your podcast and I thought, oh Lord, this is so good. So I knew at some point I'd like to get around to, to talk to you. I read your book. Um, You guys, she is the author of the book. She's still there. And it is such a great book, I think, for the people that follow this podcast. You know how we talk about identity, design, taking uh, back ownership of your life, of the inheritance that we have in Christ. And um, the book was just, it just speaks to that. So I get to talk to you today. I want you to share I want my audience to know your heart more and then also to hear a little bit of the heart behind the book. So tell um, tell my listeners a little bit about yourself. Like, where'd you come from?
1: Well, <laughs> I was born in Atlanta, raised in Dallas. My parents are in ministry. My dad has been a pastor of the same church for 40 years. So my upbringing, I, I do think I have a rich spiritual heritage and I've been the beneficiary of that. Um, I am currently married for 15 years, 16 years. We have a blended family. So I'm a mom that's been a large part of my identity as an adult uh, in terms of my mm-hmm. role. Um, but I also had this segment of my life, um, late teenage years, to late 20s, early 30s, where it was just muddy. And so a lot of what I find that I get excited about talking to women is when your expectations, wherever they came from, and in my case, it was out of spiritual heritage and what I expected out of myself and out of my life because of that and what I found myself actually looking at in my life based on the choices that i would made, there was a mismatch. And when we Mm. have situations where life, expected life, does not correspond with actual life, and it throws you for Mm -hmm. a loop, what do you do? And why does it happen? it happens for so many mm-hmm. different reasons. Women have midlife crisis, just like men do. It just looks different. It happens because you've raised your kids and now there's an empty house. And so what do I do? It happens because mm-hmm. you're struggling with your weight. It happens because mm-hmm. you've worked on the same job for 20 years. And then you realize this may not have been how I should have spent my time. You know, it happens because of catastrophe. Health happens or financial crises happens. And we have to ask, yeah. what do we do to honor who we are, even in the midst of of expectations that don't match our reality. And so, you know, in short, my, one of the turning points of my story was having this Christian upbringing and then going to college and getting pregnant. And then I was a single parent for 10 years. So I have this blurp period of my life that didn't match. And what did that emotionally do? Well, how did I emotionally recover? Uh, in what ways am I still recovering? How does, what did it mean? Because people look and say, and what happened is let me back up a little bit more. My dad was writing this kingdom series of books, Kingdom Man, and all the women that he listened that listened to him on the radio said, where's our book? You know, where's a book for women? And he said, well, you know, your mom is not really interested in doing it. Do you want to do it? Because I really want to have a woman's voice in this book. And I told him no like three times because I was like, you realize I have five kids. Like, I don't have time for this. I'm I'm a really (laughs) good peanut butter and jelly sandwich maker. You know, writing is a hobby. It's not a thing for me. And he kind of pushed me to do it. And I grazed over that. I was talking about what it means to be a kingdom woman and telling all these cute stories. And I mentioned Mm -hmm being a single parent. That became one of the most frequently asked questions I'd get. So how did that happen? And how did you fr- recover from that? And what did it mean mm. to to regain a sense of confidence about who you are outside of a yeah. relationship? Yeah. And so the book that you're talking about, She's Still There, was born out of that. What do you do for whatever reason when life does not meet your expectations? And how do you honor mm. the gift of you um, because there's no one else that's on this earth who is exactly like you. So how do you honor yeah. the gift of life that you have when you're, not even, when you're not even sure where the girl in you has gone? How do you find her? And what do you do to re-gift the gift of life to her when she stopped believing that it can be good?
0: Okay, so who would you say, who is this book for? Who's the woman that's going to turn on and hear this,
1: be like, this book is speaking to me? you know what? I'm, and I'm not saying this <clears throat> to say it uh, for no reason. It's true. I, I said when the publisher asked me that, I'd said it's for any woman 21, 41 or 81 who's had the moment uh-huh. or moments, which we all have, um, where they felt lost in the middle of their life. And I kind of said that uh-huh. and, thought, and they said, you need to narrow it down. I said, I'm trying, but I really yeah. think that it's not an age thing because women have this feeling in life at different stages for different reasons. And yeah. I've spoken um, many times since then and have had that feedback. Uh, an 18 year old girl says, you know, I was going to have liposuction because I really don't like my body. And after listening mm. to you teach on these concepts of honoring the girl mm. in me and loving who I am, I think mm. I'll hold off mm. on that. And I've had the 81 year old woman who said to me, you know what? I've just been thinking, you know, my, I'm widowed. My children are gone. Like what is there left for me to do? And I'm convinced after yeah. listening to these principles and after uh, hearing this, that if I'm still here, I'm still supposed to honor myself and I'm so, still supposed to figure out a way to contribute in this life that I still have yet to live. So it's for anyone who's ever felt lost and who wants to know the practical, tactical tools um, Absolutely. For, for honoring the gift of you.
0: Yeah, and if I could just say, you guys, she breaks it up into six parts: um, fight for your life, look at your life, embrace your life, develop your life, encourage your life, and choose your life. I'm like, this girl's a personal trainer. She is speaking. <laughs> you're and you do this a lot. Like you need to know you you. And it's you know, it's that 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 fight, the good fight. Like it, the fight is in you, and you're you're just laying it out there for people. Like you got to take. The ownership back uh, of your life, and here's the practical. You are really throughout the book, you guys. It is very practical, um, very honest with your own life of how you've applied some of these in the, in the different areas. So good job. It's just a really good, honest. You didn't hold back, and and I might want to ask you that. At what point did you kind of did you hit a wall at any point and like go, I don't know if I got it.
1: Um, well, yeah, I've hit multiple walls. Or did you? Maybe you didn't. I've hit multiple walls. So one wall was how far with my story do I want to go? Not because I want to hide anything, but the goal of the book is not to be a memoir and tell you all my deep, dark, sturdy secrets. The goal of the book is to tell you enough so that you, A, will believe other things that I tell you because you'll go, oh, Yeah. yeah, she's walked it. She gets it. The second Uh thing is so that you know that you're not alone. Okay, this is my dark, scary place or one of them. Mm. Um, So Mm. you have we all have dark, scary places and that's okay. And, you know, how much to tell without being um, dishonoring to other people. And so working, I mean, that that those two chapters where I really focus hard on my story, I would write a little bit and then keep going and write more of the book and then have to come back to it and write a little bit. And they have to, and that that mm-hmm. those yeah. chapters went through the most. So that was, I would say, the wall. The other, the other thing is, when you want to tell someone what to do, and you know this because we're coaching people with their health and their physical fitness, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you have to be able to organize your thoughts in an easily transferable form. So just because mm-hmm. you know it, and just because you do it, doesn't mean yeah. that you can coach someone else unless you can yeah. organize your thoughts in a way that you can package it and hand it to someone yeah. else where they can say, yeah. Oh, I can do this. So what you just said, the six parts, like all the, your life's. <laughs> yeah. Um, your life. We, life. Yeah. We worked at that. I mean, I worked at it a lot because I was like, I need them to go this. These are the steps. This is the step. It's good. Um, so yeah, it's good.
0: Yeah. So good. And you, um, I think one thing the the chapter in this book where it really resonates personally, I guess, first of all, you're absolutely right. This book is for everyone in the sense of if you use the word you had expectations and then it didn't go that way. Like, hello, raise your hand, everyone. <laughs> Even if you like, like, I don't have any big, huge blips on my, you know, no, nothing where someone would gasp and go, wait, you came. Cause I can imagine the amount of pressure you must have felt or the expectation people put on you as a PK, a Praster's kid. And then it doesn't happen. But we do this with God, like if we're really honest, you guys, I've said it a lot. We have places inside of us where the story was supposed to be a good story and it went wrong. It went bad it, because that is the fallen world we live in. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the fight is to not believe the story. Like there's a reality and then there's truth. Yeah, that really happened. That was real. And there's a truth that supersedes and trumps the reality of whatever it is that, that happened. So the expectation sets us up for the disappointment. And then we register a God as a God who is difficult or disappointed with us, or we're disappointed, you know, and so this this to me, and to know anything about uh, this ministry, if you guys as listeners, you know, we're going after a healthy church. Like we want a healthy church. And I'm not talking like everyone step on the scale, Let's get after what is really going on in our hearts. What are we really angry about? What are we bitter about? what are we What are we uh, disappointed in our own life? And so just reading through your book, you guys reading through her book, you're gonna be like it just pulls that whole Christianity, you know, um, I guess the expectation of I really fell into the faith, like, oh God, this everything's gonna be better now. Like mm-hmm. God's gonna fight for me. God's gonna do all these things for me. Meanwhile, I'm a wreck. I'm inside. Like, I needed to have some of these things go off course so that God could show me what was really true. And so in your book, you talk about drift. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that when I got that chapter, I was like, girl, preach it because I've drifted. I've watched people drift. People that I thought would never drift, right? Like people you go, Oh, they got it. That will never happen to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't you share a little bit about um about drift, uh, about what that, how, you know, how you wrote about it a little bit. And then how do you see it happening and applying even in your own life today or even in the church?
1: Well, I think that there's this idea and, you know, <laughs> I'm going to talk about food for a second because I'm on a drift. I mean, let me just Please, tell you. I'm on a drift just right go. now with food. Um, yeah. It is something that the, there are small, uh, somewhat perceivably small, uh, unintentional decisions or choices that we make that don't have a huge impact today. But when you keep making them, they have a huge impact over time. So we know this because if you, you know, drink creamer in your coffee every morning, that is a very small decision. But depending on what you're doing with the rest of your diet, that can make a big difference in which direction you're going and how fast you get there. And so um, this idea of drift is that it is small Iterations over time that add up to a huge gap in where you expect it to be, where you want it to be, where you hope to be and where you actually Mm. are. And only waking Mm. up because you look one day and go, how in the world did I get over here? Come on. The main reason that drift happens is a lack of attentiveness because you don't Mm. end up in the middle of the ocean when you meant to go out just a few feet from the sand because you decided to do it you end up in yeah. the middle of the ocean because you didn't make the small intentional decisions of staying close in the first place making Come the effort. so you just sit there And the waves, the current, carry you somewhere else. And that's what happens in life. If you're not intentional about studying the word of God, you will be distracted by all of the things that demand our attention, keep us busy, keep us overwhelmed or stressed, because that's what life does. It drags you away into attentiveness to the things that matter, into all the things that you have to get done today. Drift happens in your marriage. If you are not intentional about cultivating relationships and communication. You'll wake up and look at that person that is asleep next to you in the bed and say, who are you? Because that's what happens. And it certainly happens when we move up and down the scale. Uh, And I say in either direction, I've got a family member right now who's not well and his wife. We were like, you need to eat, but she's not intentionally Mm -hmm. taking care of herself because she's so busy taking care of her husband and she's drifting down the scale. So I think in either case, you have to say in life, there is something called intentional living. And you know, the buzzword right now is being present. That's the thing, gotta be (laughs) present. Because we know uh-huh. that without the decision to be present, you will end up building a life you never intended to build. And 30 years uh-huh. into it, you'll look at what you're bu- you've are built, you built or you didn't build that you wanted to build. And he'll go, how uh-huh. did this happen? So drift, the antidote to drift, first and foremost, is paying attention being aware of what it is that you want out of life and saying, if I want to end up here with my body, if I want to end up here with my marriage, if I want to end up here with my identity, if I want to end up here with my, my relationship with God, then what are the things that I have to intentionally do in small pieces to stay on track? Because if you don't do that, you won't end up where you want to be.
0: It, it, okay. Now. Okay. Now I'm gonna ask you a question. I don't know. And it's okay to say, Lisa, I don't know. I'm figuring this out. Cause Maybe you just help me out because this is where I'm at. Um, when we hear like pay attention, yes, 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 pay attention. There's a part of me and perhaps for many, you know, we fall into these two patterns. We, uh, we obsess or neglect. We white knuckle. We hold on so tight because we're afraid of the drift. We hold on so tight and control and control and control, right? Like count the calories, step on the scale every day. We become so focused on that thing that we lose everything else or we just say, forget it. So what it what does it look like? I think the other thing is, you know, we work really hard. We think faith is really hard. I got to work hard. I got to focus really hard. You know, I furrow my brow or we go, gosh, that's just too hard. Forget it. So what does it look like to drift, to not drift? <laughs> um, again, pay attention, but not fall under a yoke of slavery. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, I'll tell you in, in one area of my life, I think I figured it out. I need to transfer that to other areas of my life. What you're describing is what I call a zero to 60 mentality. I'm either not moving or I'm moving really fast, but finding a 35 mile an hour pace is really hard. I mean, think about this for a second. If you get on the freeway, why do we get a ticket? We get a ticket because we're going fast and we know we're going about fast enough because we're kind of keeping pace with everybody else. (laughs) But then you're like, I didn't realize I'd started driving 79 miles an hour until you get clocked by a cop, right? Or if you're sitting at a stoplight, how often have we been sitting at a stoplight and you're kind of lost in your own thoughts and somebody honks behind you because the left turn signal has come on and you didn't realize it. You know, it's very Mm -hmm. easy. But maintaining that 35 mile an hour maintaining it is constantly Mm. looking at the speedometer, looking at the road, you know, it's constantly readjusting your foot so that you keep pace. Mm. So in my life, for example, in my home, I want my kids to have certain memories, to have certain traditions. And right now on the front of my Christmas tree, All of my ornaments are there because my eight-year-old, my nine-year-old put all the ornaments on the front of the tree, not the sides, not the back, just the front. (laughs) He couldn't wait on me to do it. Now, zero or 60 would mean let's take them off and do it right. Right? Mm -hmm. But what's the Mm -hmm. goal? The goal for me is creating memories. The goal for me is my children feeling valued. Think So yes, do I want to have a nice looking tree? Sure um 0 would have probably meant that I didn't get around to it for the next 10 days. 35 meant it got done. It didn't get done perfectly. It didn't get done the way I wanted it to, but it got done and in the middle honoring my son and honoring the main thing which was it got decorated is a happy medium in between doing it when I can do it perfectly and not doing it all until I have all the time in the world. So, you know, um, like one of the stuff, I was just talking to somebody uh, yesterday about this idea of moderation with diet and exercise. I can do 60 and zero very well. Finding that place where I'm okay to be good enough today and that if I didn't hit 60 that I don't have to revert to zero. I think the key to finding your 35 mile an hour is the, is the gift of self-compassion and grace to yourself. Of being fine. able to say, I have a standard. I have a goal. I'm attentive to, enough to have identified what I'm working mm-hmm. towards. Cause if you don't identify it, then you're not going to hold yourself to a standard that will get you where you want to go. The problem is mm-hmm. when you don't meet it, not reverting back to zero, And saying, you know what, if my goal was 1300 calories today, and I had 1450, great, I didn't have 2100. Good job. When you when you make a mistake, giving yourself the grace to say, okay, this was today, but I get tomorrow. And because we don't give ourselves grace, we either do it and do it all, or we shrink back to nothing. And I think the grace component is the important part.
0: Now, don't you tell me because I'm gonna tell you but grace. I sometimes think, no, I'm pretty, I think we have a misconstrued idea of, of grace. I believe that grace meets us where we're at. Yep. It comforts us, yep. but it calls us up at the same time. It empowers, it gives us the ability to be kind to ourselves, to be loving to ourselves. And then if we know it's because what you did, Crystal, as a mom, you were kind to your son and you were loving to your son you You gave gracious assumptions of, "Oh, I asked an eight year old, a nine year old to put some decorations on this, what I got. that's what he can see, And then you honored him in love and kindness as a mom to a son. And that's why I feel like that's the missing component of the of the unhealth inside of us as that we have not received the love and the grace and the kindness of God that calls us higher, that then we go, "You know what, I do crave It doesn't matter what my weight is." I want I crave to honor you, God. I crave to I, I crave to to live for you and to feel uh healthy enough and clear of mind. And you know that the kindness and the love is truly the motive that keeps us from drifting and keeps us from white knuckling the steering yes.
1: wheel. Here's the thing Grace is um great what the grace the grace that we've received is a grace that is given. You could just mm. sit back and receive it. Yes. But it's also a grace that requires a response or I wouldn't even say requires. It is a grace that comes full circle with response. Uh, Second Peter, chapter one, verse three, it says his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. So he gave it. He gave everything we needed. By this grace, he has granted to us his precious and very great promises. Here's the thing. So that, here's the reason for the gift. So that through them, you may become partakers of the divine nature. So because you were given this wonderful gift, the reason for this is so that you can participate and fully engage with the gift that he gave you. And that is kind of how I... um, Even when i was writing the book the first part and you know this is kind of like here's the story i'm going to rub you on the back you're okay we're going to cry as you progress (laughs) through the book it shifts Mm. and it becomes all right so now you've got to do the work (laughs) of developing you and you've got to be your own coach and you've got to make some choices because at the end of the day if you want to make changes in your life and i'm speaking to myself right now you do There's need to no. have your I am okay moment and you do need to know that you're not alone and you do need to embrace your life, the parts you like and the parts you don't. But then you get—you can't sit there in Starbucks and cry about it all day. Like, you know what I mean? After our little no. coffee meeting, you're going to have to go home and participate With the gift in the life that you have. And here's the here's even how the message says it. All the things that God has given us freely. This is the best invitation we've ever received. We were given all these terrific promises. And these promises are your tickets to participation. In the life yeah. of God, so it's a ticket. Yeah. But I can get a ticket to go to Disney World and not ride all the yep. rides. I can go into the park and get excited and have fun and see the sights. And if you never get on a ride, the the man the the the, the landscaping is is immaculate, and there are, you can people watch, and you may even get an ice cream cone. But you haven't been to Disney World if you don't get on Space Mountain. You know what I mean? Yeah. You've got That's the thing. More. Grace says mm-hmm. you get in. You, you get into yeah. heaven, you get the Holy Spirit, yeah. you have the promise, mm. you know, God, all these things, but he mm. didn't give you grace just so you could get in. He gave you mm. grace so that you can participate and actually experience the fullness of God at work in you, which means you have to participate with some work with the God who lives in you. And That's so right. it's that fine line between yeah. working and receiving. Yeah. And yeah. again, it's that 35 mile an hour. God, you've uh-huh. given me grace and I'm responding to you. I'm can't. i yeah. I'm, I'm not driving it. I'm not creating it. I can't earn it. But I am responding to you. And in responding yeah. to you, I receive the blessing in my life. I, I, I'm more yeah. of a blessing in my life. Uh, yeah. yeah, Faith is progressive. And people, you know, there's like older women who have, they have these feelings you know, I see him in church and they like just believe that God can do anything. And I'm like, I want a faith like that. Well, do I really, do I really want to be, go through what they've been through? Because the reason why some of those women Mm. have faith like that is because Mm. they've done the work of being on their knees. They've done the praying and the crying out to God. They have waited Uh on God to answer their prayers. Now they have a strong faith, but it grew because they participated. They worked Mm. with the faith that God had given them. So you know, that's kind of mm. my 35 mile an hour. Can't go to 60 because it's not all on you. You settle right into the 35. Receive it and then respond to it.
0: Okay. Let's talk about, um, I, I kind of feel like too, you know, you talked, you open with this book is for someone that had an expectation and then we, there was a blip, something happened. Don't, I, I do this because, you know, I work with people who come and they have an expectation to lose mm-hmm.
1: 25 X amount, pounds, like, month. Right.
0: like month. I lose 25 pounds one month. That's I expect it. If I knuckle it down, I can, you know, and, um, and yet it, it, when it doesn't happen, it boomerangs, it backfires. It's like this pressure that they, they're not, that was my, that's kind of my big story is that's why I do this. This is, this really isn't about the food or the fitness. Um, it's go ahead, bring your, bring whatever it is you're desiring or wanting. Okay. That's all good. But let's, let's talk the motives. Let's get what's behind this. What's driving it. But the expectations, I find like, I think that's kind of where we get in trouble. Don't you think? We place this expectation of anything on our life. And when that expectation isn't met, the shame, the fear, the whatever. So I'm kind of asking the Lord, and maybe you can help me too, what does it look like if we don't have a life of expectation but yet we want a life of focus, right? We want a life that goes, I'm going. Because you started that. You you opened up and, you know, it's a chapter four that you were a good girl. You were focused. You knew you were going. And then you drifted into becoming his girl and kind of moving off of that. So what are your thoughts on expectation? And then what what does it look like to live a life that isn't necessarily having an expectation but yet focused?
1: Well, I mean, like to use your example. So I know I can, I, well, this was, hmm. Gosh, was it 10 years ago? I think it was. I've done the whole 27 pounds in six weeks kind of thing. It can be done. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Can I maintain it? Probably not because I can't live like that. I can't live solely focused so many hours a day on what I'm going to eat for my next meal. I mean, like, Mm because that's what it required. It was constant, you know, vigilance over every little thing. And um, no, that was not maintainable. I do think that you have to set, re- you do need to set expectations. I think the, the question isn't, do you have expectations and are expectations bad? I think the first question is, it goes back to the receiving and the responding. Are you um, ex- expecting, are setting reasonable expectations? Come on, there you go. And then when you do not meet them or when right. life does not rise to meet you, How do you respond to, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and one of the things I mentioned in the book was the Jessica McClure story where she fell in the well. Okay. They Mm -hmm. weren't expecting anybody to fall in a well. They weren't expecting (laughs) it to take multiple days to get her out, but they responded because her life, however she ended up down there was worth rescuing. So When you don't, when you can't meet your own expectations, the question is not, do you or do you not set expectations? I totally think you should. You should set reasonable expectations. And sometimes we have to work at doing that. But when you don't meet them, because life will not always meet your expectations, nor will you always be able to meet your own expectations for yourself. um, Mm -hmm. How do you respond? Grace to yourself, but you always have to respond with this idea. That however far I have drifted or fallen away from expectations, truth, uh, whether it's a sin issue or not, is my life still worth honoring? Is my life, whoever is in me that I lost or what expectation that I had, is it still worth the rescue? So I Mm -hmm. literally just recently had a girl was doing an Instagram live and a girl said to me, your book changed my life. I was like, oh, that's really good. You know, like, what do you mean? (laughs) <laughs> she said, <laughs> she said, because, you know, it's one thing to hear that. It's another thing to have a tangible story. She said, I'd always wanted to be a teacher. And I had, and I was so disappointed that I, it was too hard to change careers. I didn't know how I'd do it. All these different things. She said, and I, after reading your book, I just thought it's still a desire. It's an expectation I haven't uh-huh. met, but I've settled into, you know, and i I'm paraphrasing. I've settled into my zero. That it's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. I I mm-hmm. totally didn't respond with life didn't go this way. I didn't expect to be a single parent. Let me find another way. I just gave up. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. she said in a matter of six weeks, after reading your book, I went and enrolled in an alternative certification program called a relative and said, while I'm doing this, can I live with you? Uh, I just all these changes in her life, and she's teaching. She's teaching. Yeah. And she said, you know, yeah. I just I just had I just had stopped responding to my disappointments in life with grace and I can do this again or I can do this a different way. And that's the thing. Are you going to respond? Are you going to keep shooting? Readjust your expectations if necessary, but always respond with grace to yourself and to your circumstance so that you keep making the effort to rescue the girl, even if she seems six feet under. Selah. That's good.
0: All right. I want to reiterate something that she said. That I, I oh, we're gonna sit on that for a bit, and um, that you're right. Setting goal. There's nothing wrong with setting a goal. Nothing wrong with sitting down and having a reasonable goal. Let's be mm-hmm. go back to that. Mm-hmm. Reasonable, whatever it is. Weight, it doesn't matter. Remember, it's not about the weight. Whatever it is, the thing, because we are meant to desire, right? We are people <laughs> designed with desire. That's a good thing. It will lead you to this relationship with God if, if, if stewarded well. So that desire, sit down, have a reasonable goal, make them down. But when it doesn't come out the way it, quote unquote, we, we would, we, cause we could white knuckle it, make it happen, lose everything else. All, all, ba- all I don't like the word balance, but all, you know, <laughs> enjoyment of our life. Um, but you're right. Like it is, then it comes down to the ultimate is the response because we all have this ability, this, the grace to respond Choose life or death. Is this gonna? Am I gonna choose life, even though I didn't get my twenty nine pounds? Whatever. I always say, you know, if you if you got freedom, if you got more awareness of who you are, of the girl still in you, of what God's trying to do, but you only you know never lost a pound, and maybe you even gained one because in the process, you have been you've been dealing with the pain, which is another thing I applaud you for talking about in your book. Is like, hey, we can't avoid the pain. Like, there's there's pain. There's seasons that we got to walk through some of these hard things. But that in the end, responding, how we respond, because that is something we do have power, love, and a sound mind. We do have the opportunity to use that. So I hope that's going to speak to people right now, because I know some of you are like, you're holding on to these goals, but you you know your tendency is either to white knuckle it or just throw it all in. comes down to the response. Uh, Crystal, okay, tell me. I want to know. Could you just get real honest and real about your, your fitness, your health, whatever it is God's doing right now in your season? What are you learning? What is God showing you? And you, you make it clear this is something you have pretty much been something you've, you've, you've had to battle. Or I hate the word battle, but it's but that's the thing how it feels. That,
1: that's how it feels.
0: That's how it feels. Okay. Yes. That's how it feels. Tell. I've seen
1: you wrestle with an elliptical machine That's what it looked like you came in you probably you probably weren't even it was just you and me in a hotel gym we were at a loom I think you came on that elliptical machine and I was on a treadmill strolling and you were behind me and I could see you in the mirror battling with that elliptical machine you were like I'm going to win and you kind of you kind of you know you're a super energetic person. You jumped on the elliptical yeah. machine and your ponytail was just bouncing. You had your headphones in, and I was like, Crystal. that's how you should do it. That's how you should do it." Are you and, sure? Are you sure you weren't going? She annoys me. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I wasn't annoyed. I was like, "Look at the, her arms." That's what I was thinking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I do, buddy. Okay. But no, so it, it is a many... battle
1: for me, and I joke around. People, you know, they they say things to me. I'm like, "Y'all, it's just a joke." I talk about my personal fat demon because it's like a yeah. scripture that talks about when one goes out, seven come in, you know, that's kind of how it feels. It's like, I'm, it's, I'm always having to be vigilant. Um, It is, it is the place I go, my struggle with food or fitness or whatever being at my zero is the place that I go when I'm stressed and is the place when I go when I'm out of balance. And you know, that word is a funny word, but here's what I, here's what I've likened it to. So we know the world towers, The place that uh, those towers stood is now called ground zero or, you know, they had that this is where something is going to begin again. And there is Mm -hmm. a ground zero for me, ground zero for me. There are certain things in my life that equal ground zero. Nothing else will be built well off of my life or in my life if ground zero is not flat and firm. And there's a solid foundation. One of those things is, of course, my Mm -hmm. time with the Lord. Another one of those things is sleep. Uh, Another one of those things is cooking. And by cooking, I don't mean necessarily losing weight and focusing on dieting, but really like thinking through what am I eating this week? What is my family Mm -hmm. eating this week? You know, having Mm -hmm. so you don't have that drive through the McDonald's line for the hot fries that I will say, uh, no, these aren't hot. I'll pull up and wait for three minutes so you can bring me some hot fries. I have done that. But the point is, (laughs) that doesn't happen if i'm if i'm maintaining not everything in my life but the few things in my life that help me to run well um my whole yeah. emotional makeup is, you know, some people need a pill. I need to go for a walk. If I'm not um, getting those endorphins in my day, there is a marked difference to everything that happens. If it's a bad day, I, I totally am a different person in how I respond to that bad day. If I had an endorphin start, you know what I mean? So it's like a, so those little things, and I would, you know, I can do the gym and I've run a marathon, done all those things. And I've had to say, you know what, if all I do is go outside for a 15 minute walk, That is still a part of my responsibility to my mental and physical well-being today.
0: Uh, If I'm not doing that,
1: I can guarantee you. if I'm having a bad day, I'm having a bad week, if I'm emotionally topsy-turvy, if I'm negative, if I'm extra teary, I can almost guarantee you that there's something in my ground zero trifecta of God- body mm-hmm. and you know mm-hmm. nutrition and soul like mm-hmm. nurturing me mm-hmm. by having space and sleep. There's mm-hmm. something in that That's trifecta that is not mm-hmm. happening that I can, can good, get yeah. to you. So in yeah. my, my, like, when you ask me where I am right now, post mm-hmm. during book launch and post book launch, when all of my energy has gone to launching the book and you know how the book launch is that, you know how that is. Then I've had three kids at home. Uh, who are homeschooled. I have a daughter and her husband and a kid, their their daughter, my granddaughter, who have been living with me in a smaller house than I've ever had. When you add to that, that my husband has, uh, he had a stroke a few years ago. There have been a series of health challenges. We're in the middle of one of those right now. When you pile all that on, that has, I'm in the middle of a drift. Like, literally, I was looking at myself in the mirror this morning and going, hmm, I've been eating too much salt. Like I can see it in my face. You can see the puff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can see the puff. So, so that is where I am. But wh- yeah. I, what I'm saying is, okay. Okay. Respond. Yeah. Like this morning, I mean, I was, when I, when, we, when I was saying, okay, I'm ready for our podcast. I was walking back from breakfast There were all these things on mm-hmm. the menu. And I said, okay, I'm traveling. This is what I want. This is what I probably should get. So I picked a 30, <laughs> I picked a 30 mile an hour. I picked it, I picked an eggs Benedict, but it had some spinach on there and it had some asparagus on there and it was delicious. So this is mm-hmm. me being gracious, you know, to myself. Mm-hmm. So, but here's the mm-hmm. thing. We, I know what to do. I know what to do. Mm-hmm. I know that I need to create bigger space in my life for, um, yeah. for my time with God. Cause here's the issue. When my granddaughter down the hall wakes up, which is at a different time than when my kids wake up, it has shifted my quiet time. So that threw me off. (laughs) So how do I do to fix that? What's my new ground zero? Okay, I got to get up Mm -hmm. 15 minutes earlier. So I got to have, so I can have some time before she gets up. What does it Mm. look like? I haven't been able to make it to the gym in months. And I've had toe problems. So what does it mean? Okay, get a new pair of shoes, a half a size bigger, so that you can wear them (laughs) and go for a walk. So it's not that there's not adjustments to be made. I'm just saying right now, that's where I am. And I'm relearning my new ground zero. In this new okay. season of my life season there and, we go. <laughs> and we have new normals and we have to learn how to adjust. Come on,
0: I that's one thing. Uh, so permission for the seasons to change. It is evil <laughs> to expect anyone to stay the same. And I, I, I said that in my book we we lift up this idol of preservation over perseverance. Let's, let's just keep, if we have a perfect moment, then we want to keep it perfect. If we have a perfect face, if we have perfect hair, if we have, you know, when we get those glimpse moments, it's like, okay, how do I freeze this instead of no seasons are going to change, allow permission when you're pregnant to gain weight permission. When you had a baby to care for the baby and not have this pressure to get back to quote-unquote perfect, which we all know there is none. Uh, so this this permission of season, I just need you to know, Krista, as I'm sitting here, you are a beautiful woman, and Thanks. I don't care if you never lost a pound. Well, I want what, what the Lord wants for you, but if it keeps you from preaching the way you are preaching and teaching the way you're teaching— I'd rather say, don't give it to her, Lord. Keep her preaching, (laughs) keep her teaching. Um, But yes, Lord, we want her, but I want you to feel well, right? We want, we want to feel well. We didn't want clarity and all that stuff, but you are not disqualified. No one's disqualified. The Lord loves nobody more for losing weight, nor will he love them less for gaining any. Um, It comes down to, as we've said, that response of knowing this great love of God. And what do I do with it? How do I steward it? How do I bring my life alive? Crystal, oh, I've, I want to keep talking, but I don't want to keep holding your time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this
0: is funny. What else? Okay, before we go, oh, I really, really enjoy you. I really do. Tell me what you want our listeners to know. Any last, last words, not last words. I need you to live a long, long time, but <laughs> <laughs> to this podcast.
1: Yeah. I think that, um, if you are still here you're supposed to be here mm-hmm. so show up like you're supposed to be here show up mm-hmm. and and who am i talking to who am i telling to show up the girl you know you're supposed to be and and what does mm. that mean <laughs> probably nothing really big are you supposed to mm-hmm. be smiling more okay Come on. show up what are the things that you that make you smile do more of that Are you supposed to be engaging in things that really make you feel alive and you just haven't in a while because life is busy? Say no to three things to make room for one or two of those. You know, showing up to your life, what does that mean? Does it mean spending more time with God in prayer? Does it mean joining a Bible study? It might. You know, does it mean you've been buying stuff for your kids and you actually need a couple of good pair of shoes or to color your hair? Like, I, I want women to realize that yes, we need to honor God. We need to love God. We need to obey him and all these things. Um, but I think particularly for women who love God, we forget to take care of the rest of us. And yeah. we that girl has to show up too. That girl has to show up too. To meet Jesus, to be able to have something to pour out to other people. And to be able to know when she dies and goes to heaven and God looks at her and says, hey, so, you know, back there 40 years ago, 60 years ago, 80 years ago, I deposited this one unique soul in this body. Mm. gave you. What did you do with it? Come on. What what did you do with it? How did you Mm. honor me? How did you love people? How did you enjoy the world that I put you in? What did you do? What did you do with it? That's Mm. the girl that you need to show up for because that's the girl that God created you to be. And you don't wanna lose her in all the noise. So wherever you are today, if you're still breathing, you're still alive, live the life and show up like you're supposed to be there. Girl,
0: every, everyone did, chains just fell. Chains just fell, there was a rattle in the earth make no mistake. <laughs> don't worry. Don't panic. It's just a bunch of women getting free. Mm. Well, thank you, Crystal. Thank you so much. Okay. Now before we, before we go, I love for, and I I forgot to mention this, but would you pray for our listeners? Would you pray for the people that are hearing these words today? Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> thank you. Lord God, you are so good because you went through the trouble when you were just fine on your own father, son, mm. Holy spirit, to create man in your image you created the earth for him to live and you said uh rule and have dominion like take charge Mm -hmm. uh enjoy Mm -hmm. this life you are not a Mm one-dimensional black and white monochromatic god you are creative you are colorful and because you desired variety you created each human being unique and wonderfully made psalm 139 Mm -hmm. so for those of Mm -hmm. us who need to remember that we are uniquely divinely created beings who are one of a kind, miraculous phenomenons. I pray that Mm -hmm. you would make that real to the woman who needs to remember that there has Mm -hmm. never been, Mm -hmm. there will never be, nor is there currently anyone like her and that if she does not show up to the life you've gifted her with, it's a waste. Mm -hmm. Lord, show us how to show up. Small things, small things. In our everyday how we love you how we love others and yes how we love ourselves help us to breathe deep enjoy the world that you've given us to take care of our bodies to take care of our Mm -hmm. souls and to show Mm -hmm. your love to others and to understand Mm -hmm. that it is our stewarding responsibility to not only take care of our life but to show up to our life because you've given us life and I ask that you Good. would show each individual person who's listening how to do that in Jesus name. Yeah.
0: Right. Amen. Amen. Oh my gosh. Oh. sad it's over. <laughs> my god. This is where-